It's been a busy morning, hasn't it? Well, I, I just want to start by saying I'm really excited to be with you this morning. Um, I, I actually, yesterday, was thinking about today, and, and just, um, you know, it hit me that, that what we do here, and, and I knew this before, but I think sometimes it's easy to think that, hey, this is just another Sunday, or hey, it's just something I do, this is service, but what we do here is so important. It's so important. This isn't just a place that we come to shake hands and sing some songs. This is a huge thing that we're doing. We are a part of something awesome. And so I just want you to know that as your pastor, I am thrilled for the opportunity to come and share God's word with you today. Sometimes it's easy to get busy or, or get caught up in other things that are happening and, and take that for granted. But I believe that God is doing something in this church and in this world, and I think that what we're doing today is huge because God is working in us. And so I just want you to know that, that I believe God has great things for this church, and I am thrilled to be a part of it. And I'm glad to have all you here. It's awesome to have baby dedications, and, and what a great day. So, so that's sermon number one. What we're doing here today is hugely important we're in our second week of our Freedom and Grace series, and, and last week we started by looking at 1 Peter chapter 1. And, and so because of God's great mercy, this is what we talked about last week, because of God's great mercy, we have a living hope. And that living hope is because we have an inheritance that is everlasting, that can't be stripped away. We have this inheritance that won't spoil or fade because Jesus, in his great mercy, invited us, even when we didn't deserve it, into God's redemptive plan to restore all things. And so last, last week, we really looked at this inheritance and this living hope that we have. And so, so we can live knowing for, with all certainty that we are free, that we're not caught up in the, the struggles of our past, that we don't have to worry about earning our place, we can live knowing with the certainty, knowing with certainty that we have an inheritance and we can have a living hope that is active and at work and transforming us into who God created us to be. And so this week, I want to talk about the us part of this inheritance. The inheritance that we have, it's more than just a gift, Okay, I've got this inheritance, I've got this living hope. Thanks, God, that's great. I'm just gonna come and come to church every, every week, right? I'm gonna come sit here and I'm one, of, I'm one of the in crowd now, right? But this is more than just a gift. This inheritance that we have is more than a gift. It's a calling. And so today I wanna talk about this calling that God has placed on each one of us and I really wanna talk about each one of your parts in this inheritance, in this kingdom. And so we're talking about us today. One of the reasons that, that coming together is so important is because in coming together, God is making us into something. Do you believe that this morning? 
that God is transforming us into something. God is making us into something. This time that we come together and the time that you spend in prayer and the time that you spend in worship is more than just something you do. It's God making you into something. This time that we come together to be transformed, and we're not just being transformed into better people, we're being transformed into God's people. Listen to that. We're not just here to become better people, to become nicer, to to have a better outlook on life. We are here to be transformed into God's holy people. Do you see how important this is? You're not acting that excited. You're not as excited as I am. Come on, get with me here. I'm excited. We are here to be transformed into God's holy people. If you've ever read um, the Bible in the Old Testament, then you've, you've seen that phrase, God's people. The Israelites were God's chosen people, and, and they, everything they did, they were God's chosen people. When they messed up, they were God's chosen people. And, and we see these stories throughout Scripture where God does incredible things. Because they are God's chosen people, Amazing, miraculous things happen because God is with them and at work in their lives and at work through their lives. And so God's people, it's a blessing. It's an honor. It's also a calling. And so I want us to understand today that that God's plan was not just for the Israelites to be God's people and that's it forever. God's plan was that all who believe would become God's holy people. And so the good news today is this. You are God's people. That's a blessing. And the, and the great news is that means God is with us every step of the way. We have that same power that was at work in the Old Testament and in the Scriptures. We have the same God walking with us day by day. We have been invited into God's redemptive plan to restore all things. That's good news this morning. What we're doing here today is important. Are you getting it? It's important. God is transforming us into his holy people. And so today we're going to be looking at 1 Peter chapter 2. And we're going to start in verse 4 and we're going to work our way down to to verse 8. But then we're going to come back. But I want to start by reading verse um, 4 through 8 here. It says this, as you come to him, Jesus, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. And and so, so this scripture says, as we come to the living stone, 
We become living stones. We, as living stones, are built into a spiritual house. There's some imagery going on here. We're being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So today, there's no, there's no fancy, there's no frills. This is just the scriptures. It, hopefully it always is. But this is, I just want to work through these scriptures because this is good stuff today. So I want to start with verse 4. As you come to him, the living stone. Now there were some verses there from, from, uh, from verse 6 through verse 8 that it's quoting Old Testament scripture. And the reason that Peter calls Jesus the living stone is because of these Old Testament prophecies that say that God is placing a cornerstone, a living stone. And so the first reference is Isaiah 28. The second one is Psalms 118. The third one is Isaiah 8. They're quotes that Jesus is the living stone, the cornerstone. So what does it mean that Jesus is the cornerstone? What, so Jesus is the cornerstone. What does that mean? Well, in Old Testament days, there was the temple, right? And God's holy dwelling place was in the temple. And so if you're not familiar with the Old Testament, real quick, I'll just catch you up on it. In in, in the Old Testament, the Israelites, they had a temple that was built. And if they wanted to offer sacrifices to God, if they wanted to worship, they had to go to the temple and they had to offer sacrifices through priests, And so the temple, though, we understand is just a building. In fact, the temple was destroyed and rebuilt. And in fact, we are sitting in a church today. We are sitting in in what would be considered a temple today. But, but, But Jesus is the cornerstone of the new temple Jesus, a temple is just a place. It was God's holy dwelling place. But then when Jesus came, Jesus became the cornerstone for the new dwelling place, for the new holy temple. And so we get this picture of a new holy temple. The temple was the dwelling place for God. In fact, in, in the Gospels, it says, um, Jesus says when, when he knows he's going to be crucified and, and they're coming at him with different insults, Jesus says these words. He says, you can destroy this temple, but in three days it will be raised. Now, Jesus was talking about his body. He knew that he would be crucified and he knew that he would be raised from the dead. And he says, you can destroy this temple, Now, so that means Jesus was literally saying, you can take my life, but it's going to be raised again in three days. But it's more than just Jesus saying, this is my life. Jesus is saying, I am the new temple. The building is no longer the dwelling place of God. God dwells in Jesus, the living cornerstone. I'm a little bit too excited today. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to tone it down a little bit. And so, and so in the Old Testament, people had to go to the temple, to the building, to worship. But Jesus came and became the cornerstone of the new temple. Listen to me very closely. Jesus is the only way that we can connect with God. You cannot connect to the one true God through anything other than Jesus. Now, this church is great, temples are great, buildings are great, but the only way to connect with God 
is through the living stone, the cornerstone, Jesus Christ, who is the cornerstone of the new temple. I remember when I was at Trevecca in college, um, Trevecca's down in Nashville, and, and one of my professors did this whole lesson about the church, the building, the church. And he talked about how churches are magnificent and they're beautiful and the church, the building, the church is the way that people see God and when you pass a church, you should see God's holiness reflected in the church. And, and listen, that's great. I agree with that. It's great that when people would pass a church, they would understand that God is working through that church. But I want us to understand something today, and this is really good news. If all of the churches in the world burned down the buildings, if all of them were demolished, if all of the temples were gone, God's kingdom would still be alive and well because Jesus is the cornerstone of the new temple. And God doesn't dwell in, in buildings. God dwells in Jesus and his people. And that's good news. And that takes us back to last week because we talked about this inheritance that can never fade away. See, buildings are temporary. This church is beautiful. I love it. But it's temporary. But Jesus will never fade away. He died. And he was raised from the dead because Jesus has victory over sin and death. Jesus has victory over everything. And so when we come to the new temple, Jesus... We know that this temple will never fade away. So we have an inheritance that, that's not going to go away. And so Jesus is the cornerstone of the new temple. It moves on in verse 5 and it says, As you come to the living stone, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. It says you also, like living stones, in other translations it says as living stones. So I want us to understand something this morning. When we come to Jesus, the living stone, the cornerstone, we become alive, we become living stones. This is a really cool idea. You coming to church today, hopefully you've come to encounter Jesus and not just us or the building, but as you encounter Jesus, as you come to the living stone, you become alive. You become a living stone. You are being built into a spiritual house. And so once again, this goes back to last week, through his mercy... We have an inheritance and a living hope. When we encounter the living stone, the cornerstone, we become living stones. We are made alive. And so Jesus is the new cornerstone of the new temple where we connect with God. But Peter goes on to say that we, having been made alive, having been, having been given life, are being built into God's holy dwelling place. And so it's important what we're doing here today because we're not just singing and shaking hands. We are being built into God's holy dwelling place. This is incredible. 
God is transforming us into his dwelling place. So as you come to Jesus, Jesus makes you alive, gives you a living hope that's active in your life, and you're being transformed into the image of Jesus, and you're joining together with everyone else that comes to the living stone to be built into a spiritual house, a holy temple, the dwelling place of God Almighty. And so, no offense to my former professor, buildings are great, temples are great. I've been to Westminster Abbey in London. It's a beautiful cathedral. It's got lots of, this church is beautiful. It's amazing. But you know where God's living? God's living in us. We are being built into the holy temple just like the cornerstone. We are being made into the image of the cornerstone and together we become the holy temple. And so when my professor was talking about that when people drive by, they should see the church and they should, they should see God's holiness and God's greatness. I wanna flip that a little bit and I wanna say that when, God, when people drive by and they see us, when they see us at the mall, when they see us at the store, when they see us hanging out together, when they see us worshiping together, they should see God's greatness and God's glory because we are living stones that are being put together and built into God's holy temple. One of the people that, that we interviewed a while back asked this question. They said, if your, ch if your church went away, what would the community miss about it? What, what would the community miss if this church went away? And I just want to say that if the building went away, we would still be here. We have an inheritance that's not going away. We are God's holy temple. And so hopefully the community around us is seeing God's holiness and God's greatness reflected in us as we are being transformed into the image of the cornerstone. And so are you getting this picture we are all stones that are being built together into a holy dwelling place for God. We together are being built into God's holy temple. It goes on and says, to be a, royal, a holy priesthood. And so we're being built together, and as we're being built together, we are be being built into a holy priesthood. The, the analogy here or the metaphor is changing a little bit. We are God's holy temple, but we are also a holy priesthood. When we think of priesthood, what do we think of? Go ahead, shout it out. Let's, let's get some involvement. What do you think of when I say priests? What's that? I can't hear anyone. <laughs> Catholic, okay, you think of a Catholic priest. What else do you think of? When I say priesthood, what do you think? Celibate, okay. What's that? Leader, okay. Yeah, most of us, when we talk about priesthood, we, we think professional clergy. We think somebody who's been trained, who's been called, and who works in a church or a church building. We think that's what priesthood is. Unfortunately, we've kind of missed the boat on that. We think that priesthood is only for people that went to school for it or are professionally doing it, but this scripture says we are all, when we come to Jesus, being built, transformed into living stones, and we are being built into a holy temple, and we are becoming a holy priesthood. Guess what that means? There's not six priests in this church. 
or however many people we have on staff here. I should know that, right? All of us are God's holy priests. It's not just my job to build the holy temple. It's not just my job to do everything. You are a holy priesthood called by God, qualified by God, qualified by Jesus. And so in the Old Testament, we had these temple, the, the temple. And in the temple, just to give you a little background, there was a big curtain, and there was a place called the Holy of Holies. And if you were an average Joe, like pretty much all of us are, you weren't allowed to go into the Holy of Holies and offer sacrifices because it was only for the high priest. It was only for the one priest. And there was, there was a priesthood that did the work and everybody else just, just came and worshiped, but it was the priesthood's job to do everything. But, but I'm, I'm drawn to this understanding in Scripture when Jesus was crucified on the cross, there's this moment in Scripture that's awesome. That curtain in the temple that separated the average Joes from the holy of holies when Jesus died on the cross was ripped in two from top to bottom. And guess what that means? That means every single one of us through the sacrifice of Jesus has been made acceptable to come and offer sacrifices. We no longer have to have just one high priest. We have a holy priesthood because through Jesus' death, and resurrection, every single one of us is being transformed into God's holy priesthood. This is important. You are important. Listen, as a pastor, I want you to know you are important. There aren't a lot of people who are going to come to church or come into God's kingdom just, just because of something I do. God needs a holy priesthood made up of all of us to offer spiritual sacrifices to be God's holy temple. And so you are called to be holy. You are called to worship God through your sacrifices. We are called to be a holy priesthood. This is awesome. Don't ever let anybody tell you that you're not gonna make anything of yourself. Have any of you ever been told that? Like, you're not gonna make anything of yourself. Have any of you ever felt like you weren't that important? Have any of you ever felt like you, you weren't gonna be anything huge? I want you to understand that God is calling you to be a holy priest for God's kingdom. And I wanna say that a different way now. We, you, are God's plan to restore all of the messed up things around us in this world. We are called to be a part of what God is doing in the world around us. It's not just that we come here and we shake hands and we sing and we say, all right, God changed the world. It's that God has called each and every one of us to be a part of the restoration of the world around us. You are important. It goes on, it says, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. What are these spiritual sacrifices? Priests offered sacrifices. So if we are a priesthood and we are to offer spiritual sacrifices, what does that mean for us? Number one, I think it means that we have to offer ourselves. I think it means we offer our bodies. I think it means we offer our time. I think it means we offer our energy. I think it 
it means we offer our finances. I think when we talk about spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ, we're talking about offering everything we have. That is a spiritual sacrifice. Not offering it in ourselves, but the word spiritual is important because we are offering them through the Holy Spirit, saying, Holy Spirit, take what I have and use it. Make me a living stone to be built into this holy temple. And so our job is to offer ourselves. Number two, our job is to love and to serve others. The sacrifice that we make that, it, that is acceptable to God is number one, offering everything we have to God, but it's also offering ourselves to others. And so when you serve someone else, when you love someone else, when you sacrifice for somebody else, you are offering a spiritual sacrifice to God that is holy and pleasing when you help each other, when you love each other, you are a priest that's offering a sacrifice. The third thing, I think we offer our praises. We are here to worship God. We are here to praise God. We give God all the glory. And so as we offer our spiritual sacrifices, that is speaking praises to God, saying God is the one true God, and we are just vessels. And so we are called to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. And then there's these last few words that I think are incredibly important in this text. Through Jesus Christ, we can do nothing, nothing without Jesus. We can do nothing. We can make no impact on the kingdom if we're not doing it through, and if Jesus is not doing it through us. I, um, John Piper said this. I thought this was really good. He said, through Jesus Christ, our sacrifices become acceptable. Without Christ, nothing is acceptable. Without Jesus, we are just a bunch of people that are hanging out in a building and singing songs. But because of Jesus, we are God's holy temple. And so as long as we are offering spiritual sacrifices through Jesus, we are a part of the restoration of all things. Only when we reflect the cornerstone, Jesus, only when our lives are tuned to Jesus will we be able to be the priesthood that we are called to be. Because here's the thing, we wouldn't have this inheritance without Jesus. Without Jesus, we wouldn't have a living hope. Without Jesus, we wouldn't have anything but we know God through Jesus. We come to God through Jesus. We are transformed through Jesus. We are redeemed through Jesus. We are qualified through Jesus, and Jesus works through us. And so we are a holy priesthood that through the power of the cornerstone, Jesus is being built into God's holy temple. So, so what do I do, you ask? I don't feel like a priest. I don't feel that holy. What do I do? How do I become a priest? Do I have to go to school? Do, do, I have to, do I have to pray all the time? What do I have to do to become a priest? I want to go back to the beginning of chapter 2 for this answer. It says this. This is chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. It says, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. And then I want you to hear this. This is verse 2. Like newborn babies that you saw up here, like newborn babies, Crave 
pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. And so the answer to what do we have to do to become a holy priesthood, what do, what do you have to do to become a priest, to become a living stone, to become a part of God's holy temple, what you have to do is you have to come to Jesus. You have to know Jesus. You have to learn about Jesus. You have to pray to Jesus. Ultimately, it says you have to crave, crave Jesus. And so as we come to the living stone, in verse 4, it says, as you come to the living stone, Jesus, you are transformed into living stones. And so as we close this service, I just want to say that I am thrilled to be a part of God's holy temple with you. And my desire is that all of us will reflect Christ in everything we do. And so I want to see Jesus transform us. I want to see Jesus turn us into people that look like Jesus. And I want us to become the holy temple that when people see us, they can't help but see Jesus and God's glory. And so today, we want to be transformed. And so what do we do? We come to Jesus as the band comes up. And the ushers are going to come. We're going to take communion together because the way that we are transformed into living stones, into a holy priesthood, is we come to the cornerstone, the living stone. And so there's two things during communion. Number one, it's said last week, in his great mercy, Jesus offered the ultimate sacrifice. Jesus gives us a living hope. And so today... When we take communion, we are coming to Jesus. We are saying, Jesus, I wanna know you more. I wanna experience you. I wanna learn your love. But there's a second part of this. We're doing this together. We are coming together to the living stone. And so as we take communion, it's not just me taking elements and saying, transform me. It is us together coming and saying, God, Turn us into your holy dwelling place. And so as they pass out the elements, as we sing, I want you to pray two things. First, Jesus, I want to crave your spiritual blessings. I want to crave who you are. I want you to make me into a living stone. And number two, I want you to join me with the rest of these living stones that are taking communion together. And we want to become your holy temple. Be preparing your heart as we sing to come to Jesus.